Hey, this is Pastor Michael Petit from Calvary Chapel, Divine, Texas. Would really like to thank you for taking time to check out our podcast, our Sunday sermons, and our Wednesday night Bible studies. You can always share this, download it, or even find it on Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, SoundCloud, and pretty much wherever you can find a podcast. You can also find out about our church service times. We have our Sunday service at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night Bible study at 7 p.m. We're located in the Market Media Building. It's located at 203 East College Avenue, Sweet C in Divine, Texas. Plus, if you need to get any other information from the church, you can do all of this at our church website at calvarydivine.org. That's calvarydivine.org. Here's today's teaching. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, woke from sleep he didn't, uh, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son and called his name Jesus. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much for this opportunity today to um to read your word to uh look at the uh the advent christmas stories as we look at uh joseph a just man uh we pray again this is uh one of the things the two questions that we we have in this series is who do you say that i am and what is your response to the birth of jesus christ and i pray that each of us here and those that are watching online that uh, they would be able to answer those questions individually because it's not what mom and dad think it's not what our our family thinks it's what uh what we answer as an individual about what we believe in jesus christ and so i pray lord that you would just continue to move in our hearts that it wouldn't be head knowledge that it wouldn't be a religion uh and i just ask lord that you just continue to bless the families uh, not only in medina county but in divine uh, those that may be hurting right now, those that are, are struggling through, you know, as, as Mark has just said, there um, there's just a, a, a drug den right across the street from here. And we have a, a huge uh, problem with, with meth and, and, and the area of Lytle. And um, we just pray, Lord, uh, that bondage that, uh, that is keeping them uh, there, that you would release that and that they would come to know faith, Lord. Uh, many people that I've talked to over the last three or four weeks have struggled with an addiction of some sort, and, and I, God, I've seen people come to no faith, and God has broken that, and I pray that more would do that. So we pray for this, this church here that we would continue to minister to those in this city and, um, and just see the lost be saved. Uh, we thank you, and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Alrighty, so we're going to be in Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 through 25. I entitled this simply, God Picks a Just Man to Raise His Son Jesus. God Picks a Just Man to Raise His Son Jesus. We'll look at it in three parts. 
a just man thinking divorce in, in verses 18 and 19. In verses 20 and through 23, a just man visited by an angel. And then in verses 24 and 25, a just man obeys the Lord. Uh, so last week, we, we, uh, we kind of laid the foundation of who Jesus Christ is and why he came to be born and, and what the purpose is. And we're going to go more into that this week. We did some of that on Wednesday night. So on Wednesday night, we talked about your response to the birth of Christ. Very simply, there has to be an individual response to the birth of Christ that you have to answer. Every person, every person, when Jesus asked that question, who do you say that I am, you got to be able to answer that. Because when people ask, who is Christ, why did he come, you need to be able to answer that as a follower, but maybe you don't know Christ and... You know, a lot of times what happens is people start searching for answers during Christmas and Easter for some reason. And, and uh, a, a way for us to, to remember this is like we saw this past weekend, we saw that the King Herod, his response to Jesus was to kill him. But not just kill him, but to continue to hang on to his worldly possessions, his title, and be an enmity with God. The, the chief priests, their response was no response. They were religious. The religion uh, doesn't save you. Uh, and, and the only ones that responded correctly out of the three were the wise men who were Babylonians. They actually worshipped and fell at the feet of Jesus. And very, very important to catch in that verse is it says they worshipped him, not her, not Mary. And we'll, we'll dive into that a little bit more as we get into our Scripture today. And so as we, we jump into this, one of the things that we do need to note, um, uh, theologians are arguing and fighting over this, is, is, and it's in Scripture, so it doesn't, doesn't make sense why they do this. But in the genealogy of Joseph, Joseph's genealogy goes all the way back to David, but it goes through Jehoiachin. And, and it goes, and, and the reason why we say this is he was not allowed to have any other. God said, you're not having none of your kids, no, none of your descendants. Nobody's going to reign on this throne anymore. Now, it, one of the things that's very important to understand is it tells us that in Jeremiah 22, verse 24, it says, uh, signals the problem. So it, it says, thus says the Lord, write this down as a childless man who shall not succeed in his days. For none of the offspring shall succeed in sitting on the throne of David, ruling again in Judah. And so that's why in, the, in Matthew's genealogy, it says that in Matthew chapter 1, verse 16, Jacob begot Joseph the husband. The husband. That's why it's there. Now you go, well, wait a minute, didn't Jesus supposed to come from the line of David? Well, that's covered in Luke's genealogy. Mary actually comes from a descendant of Nathan, who's the son of King David. Now, there's a lot of argument over that. I don't know why. It's in Scripture. Okay? And so, I, I just need to cover that because, you know, remember, as we look at Scripture, Matthew says, Joseph the husband. Okay? The, the lineage of Jesus is coming through Mary. And, and through, through Nathan, the son of, of King David. 
And so as we look at this, we're going to look at a just man thinking divorce. Now, uh, the birth of Jesus took place in this way when his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph. Before they came together, she found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Okay, betrothed. What is uh, uh, to be betrothed? Now, legally, in the Jewish culture, they, would have, they wouldn't have an engagement. In America, we have engagements, and they get called off all the time. Right? Rings get thrown at people. I'm done with you. Right? But in, in Jewish tradition, and in a lot of countries, when you're betrothed, it is a legal binding agreement. So what would happen is they would actually uh, first draw up a, a, a contract between the two fathers. And then from there, they would actually, uh, they would meet together and there would be uh, gifts exchanged. Uh, the, they would actually present, um, the groom would actually present jewelry or a gift to the bride. And that's in Genesis chapter 24, verse 53, when, if you want to read it later. But one of the things I love is if, if you have, and this is important for us as dads and moms and, and even single moms, you need to have your kids, their spouse needs to be picked by the Heavenly Father. Okay? Now a lot of times we, we look at this and we go, man, I would never let my mom or dad pick my husband or my wife ever. But your heavenly father should be. And so when as parents, we need to be praying for that. We need to be praying. Like right now, as they're little, be praying that God would bring that godly young man or that godly woman into their lives. That should be a prayer you should pray every day. It's important. I pray that for my... I got three. Any, and and I'll, I'll take requests. I got three that need to get married. <laughs> Right? And Mike's like, come on, man. But at the end of the day, we're, we're praying for them to have that, that God picks, not me. And not even him. <laughs> that God brings that person forth. And so that's something that we should, we should be praying for. The third thing they would do is there would actually be during the wedding uh, or after the wedding, a dowry, a gift would be given. And that's in Genesis chapter 34, verse 12. But on the wedding night, that's when the marriage would be consummated between husband and wife. Not until then. Not until then. So when it says Mary was betrothed with Joseph before they came together, right? And so before they came together means there was no relations. The problem with our country today is everybody wants to live together. And not just live together but have relations. They, they want to eat the cake before they get married. And it's wrong. It's sexual morality. It is sexual morality. It is, it, it's described to us in Hebrews 13.4. It says the marriage is honorable among all and the bed undefiled. Both fornicators and adulterers God will judge. So what is sexual morality? This is very important because people don't get this, and I know you're not expecting this in the Christmas story. But guess what? We just had the dark Christmas story where kids were, babies were killed. Same thing here. If they had no relations prior to marriage, 
It's it, sexual morality is anything that's done outside the marriage bed because it's considered worship. It's considered worship. You decide to, to have your boyfriend, your girlfriend, y'all want to live together, y'all want to do all that stuff and have relations, you're in sin. This is even for a husband or wife. You want to look at pornography, you want to do all that stuff, that's outside the marriage bed. It's sexual morality. You want to be single, you want to be by yourself and you're still looking at pornography, it's sexual morality. It's outside the marriage bed. Now why did God define that? God defined that early on in Genesis chapter 2, what, the marriage, what marriage was. We know that, that based on the Scripture, that Mary, uh, you know, as we see that, that before they came together, she was found with child of Holy Spirit. Now before, uh, in the Old Testament, what should have happened, and even with Mary at this point, if, if the wife or the husband committed adultery, this is what would happen in Deuteronomy chapter 22, verses 23 and 24. If a young man who is a virgin is betrothed to a husband and a man finds her in the city and lies with her, then you shall bring them both out of the gate of that city and you shall stone them to death with stones. The young man or the young woman because she did not cry out in the city and the man because he humbled his neighbor's wife, you shall put away the evil among you. And so during this period, Mary should have been stoned. She should have been stoned to death because she didn't cry out. There was no crying out, right? And so before marriage, it's, it's, the thing is, is we don't understand the intimacy of what it is that God's designed. God designed marriage very, at, the, at the very beginning in Genesis chapter 2, verse 24. It says, Therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And marriage, one of the things that we've seen recently is we've seen that marriage, back in 1962, 71% of the couples were married. 71%. Today, only 42% are married. People aren't getting married anymore. They're just living together. And unfortunately, women are getting married to the government. That's the reality of it. You know what state has the highest marriages? Wyoming. I don't know what's going on in Wyoming, but something's going on there, right? You're not going to believe this, but guess what state has the lowest rate of marriage? Delaware. That's a whole other thing. Where's our president from? Delaware. They got a whole lot of problems. But we see that she was found with child of, Holy, of the Holy Spirit. And so Joseph returns and, and um, Mary's pregnant. <laughs> so you can imagine Joseph's response, right? What do you mean you're favored by God? What? What do you mean that you, you have a child? By who? The Holy Spirit? What? His head's probably just spinning. And so, you know, we need to remember that Jesus Christ alone, he's, he's the, the sinless sin bearer. And he was born in a miraculous manner. And so through the virgin birth, he was unstained by sin. And it demonstrated his nature both as fully God and fully man. And then we know that, that 
that this was already a prophecy that was foretold. In Isaiah 7.14, it says, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. And so the virgin birth is, is Jesus Christ is central to our salvation. It emphasizes the fact that the Lamb of God is absolutely perfect. And believe it or not, 25% of Christians don't believe in the virgin birth. And it's, it's essential to our salvation. And yet, what are they believing in? So you, you, the story of Christ is such an important thing for you to know. Remember what John told uh, Jesus when he saw him in John chapter 1, verse 29. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. He takes away the sins of the world. In Hebrews 4.15, For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize, sympathize with our weakness, but was in all points tempted as, as we are, yet without sin. He was sinless. And so remember, Matthew is writing from the perspective of Joseph. When we get into Wednesday's study, we'll be looking at the perspective of Mary. And her, her perspective, because remember, Mary had, she's, she's had this child already. The bump's already out, right? The baby bump's already out. And, and so you can imagine the parents already know. And now Joseph knows, you know? And so she's dealing with this. And so we'll look at Mary's response to this on Wednesday. Verse 19 says, And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. Lord, could we use more just men in this world? What is a just man? A just man is just meaning a righteous man. A righteous man. And, 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 and honestly, you know, that's, if you're single, that's what you should be looking for as a woman, as a just man. And you may say, you know what? There's no just men out there. There's just dogs. Right? Because I'll hear that sometimes. But let me tell you something, there are just men, there are godly men out there. Again, this is why we need to, like, if you're single, that's what you need to be praying for. Lord, send me a just man who's godly. These are things that we should be praying for, but we just think about it. We don't pray for it. Then you end up with some old, I know my wife was like, that's, this is what she ended up with. It took 39 years before God fixed me. And got me going. And so you need a just man. And so, you know, one of the things that you need to, we need to do together as, as Christians is to, to be that righteous person or that righteous individual is you need to commit to your walk being consistent with Christ. That means, that means actually being in God's Word and, and, and spending time talking in prayer and meditating on His Word and listening for God. Uh, to hear from the Lord and, and at the same time not abandoning church. Unfortunately, a lot of people have just walked away from church altogether. And, and their lives are, are in chaos right now. And they can't figure out what it is. And it's like you've, you've, your consistency with your walk with God has gotten out of, out of tune. And you need to come back. But I love what it says, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. He, he cared about her reputation. 
Now, think about it today. When people break up, what happens? It's all on social networks. You can imagine Joseph. Can you believe Mary did right on Instagram and on TikTok? He's got a video and all that stuff. He's blowing that stuff up, telling everybody what happened. Mary's pregnant, man. Right? That's what would happen today. And I'll just look at Kanye and Kim's mess that they're in. That stuff is headline news today. And it's sad because it, it's, it's all out. All the business is out in the streets. And I love the fact that he wanted to quietly put, you know, not to put her to shame. But he says he's going to quietly divorce her. Now remember, this is a legal binding document between two families. And so the divorce itself, that's what they had to do in order to, 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 to stop the betrothal uh, process. But divorce, there's nothing quiet about divorce. Ever. If it says that it brings one flesh, imagine what happens when you tear the flesh. Not only is it painful, but it's not going to tear well. And the kids are somewhere in the midst of that as it happens. I'm a child of divorce. My mom and dad divorced when, when I was six years old. It, affected, it still affects our lives because mom and dad are still mom and dad, but we have, you know, separate. I can remember the first time they ever came together was at our wedding, which was brilliant. I don't know why we thought that was going to work out well. First time they had ever been together since the divorce. Stepfather and stepmom, because they both remarried. And that was the train wreck. Divorce is, is it, it destroys not only your life, but it destroys the life of the kids. And it doesn't matter if you go... We're going to wait till all the kids are out of the house and then we'll divorce. It's still going to affect the kids. Because I've met people that have divorced and, and they're, they're already, kids are all grown up and they're divorced and it's like their kids, it's a train wreck. It's an absolute train wreck. Um, one of the things that we do know is that Jesus did talk about divorce. So, he not only talked about divorce, he, he kind of deals with a lot of stuff because the LGBTQ community says that he never talked about marriage, right? But he does in Matthew. In Matthew 19, verses 3 through 10, it says, The Pharisees also came to him, testing him, and saying to him, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for just any reason? He answered and said to them, Have you not read that he who made them at the beginning made them male and female. So there are no other, I, you know, it trips me out every time I see it. My pronouns are, I'm like, just stop. Stop. Jesus made you male. You're, you're male and female. That's it. Whatever you choose to do beyond that, that's. And he said, for this reason, man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife. So he's going back and quoting Genesis chapter 2. So he's not only confirming the Old Testament, but he's, he's confirming what marriage is. To be joined to his wife and two shall become one flesh. So then they are no longer to be one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no man separate. So he specifically says a man shall leave his father and mother to be joined to his wife. 
Not a man shall leave his father and mother to be joined to another man. So biblical marriage is what we're talking about. This is what it is. God created it. This is why the church can't participate in it. This is why. It's because we go by what God's Word says. And then we see that he gives the reason here. The, 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 the Pharisees respond back in verse 7 and say, They said to him, Why then did Moses command to give a certificate of divorce and, and to, put her to, to put her away? And he said to, to them, Moses, because of the hardness of your hearts. And again, this is knowing Scripture and not knowing Scripture. The Pharisees said, command. Jesus says, permitted. He permitted it. You to divorce your wife, but from beginning it was not so. God intended for your marriage to be permanent. Now, Unfortunately, sometimes people get involved in things that uh, create problems in marriages. Uh, they're, they're, I, I'm a, a firm advocate, and I know there was a story out not too long ago. If somebody's being physically abused, you need to separate. You need to separate immediately because you are not to be beat. You're not, that's not going to happen. I'm not that type of pastor. Now, if that man wants to get help and he can prove that he's gotten help and he's, there's a heart change, then maybe then we can talk about counseling if she prays about it and says yes. You see what I'm saying? There's a lot that needs to happen to fix that. But sometimes men choose or women choose. I, the, the grass is greener on this side and I'm going to go have adulterous relationship and I'm just going to choose to follow this other person and, and they divorce. And what they find out is the grass is still grass on the other side. And actually it's probably a little bit worse because now you've created more problems. So as, as a pastor, I don't want to see anyone divorce and all, but it always comes down to the heart. It comes down to the heart because it, it, it requires at least one person to say, you know what, I am going to do what God's called me to do and, and just do that. And, and at some point, the Lord will draw this relationship back together. Because if you're being obedient to God, God's going to bring that relationship back. He'll do that. I'm proof of that. And one thing I asked for when I gave my life to the Lord, I was like, Lord, if there's, I, I don't deserve to ask for anything, but Lord, please save my marriage. That's what I prayed for. But you know what it required first? Me being a follower of Christ, being obedient to God, and doing what God was calling me to do. And, and, and it's a challenge. And so people today are quick to divorce. And uh, unfortunately, it's, it's sad that that's, that's where we're at. But I love Joseph's heart. He was going to do it quietly because he was a just man. He didn't want to put her into public shame. She was already going through that in some ways because she's, she's already pregnant. And so you can imagine Joseph's head spinning. And sometimes when our head is spinning so badly, what do we do? We think we can sleep our problems away. How many of us do that? I know I did that all the time. Maybe if I just go to sleep. 
it'll when I wake up that it'll be better. It wasn't, but I mean, I love what happens here. You know, Joseph falls asleep, and we see a just man is visited by an angel in verse twenty. Verse twenty, it says, but he has, as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him, in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for the, for that which is conceived from her, uh, is uh, conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. And so, an angel of the Lord, not the angel of the Lord. Okay. And it's not Gabriel that visited, because remember, Gabriel visits Mary. And so all we know, this is an angel of the Lord at this point. Conceived in the, in the womb, woven in the womb, uh, it's the Holy Spirit. And, and Joseph, maybe at this point, is being jarred in that, that, that scripture in Isaiah 7.14 that we read. You know, that, that she was going to be, Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son. And shall call his name Emmanuel. And it's a supernatural birth. It's a, an answer to the prophecy. And it says in verse 21, She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. This is the most important scripture about the birth of Christ that you need to know. This is the one that you can actually share the gospel with somebody with. If anybody asks, why did Jesus come? To save his people from their sins all of us all of us and it, and and what i love because there's a prophecy here that he says that she will bear a son and you shall call his name jesus not bear twins or a daughter but you will call his name jehovah which is salvation and that goes back to isaiah chapter 9 verse 6 and 7 for unto us a child is born unto us a son is given and the government will be upon his shoulder and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, ever, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, and of the increase of His government and peace there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and over His kingdom to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from the time forward, even forever, the zeal of the Lord of the hosts will perform this. And you shall call His name Jesus, for He will save His people from their sins. So why was Jesus born? It's because we have a sin problem. You know, it's because we have a sin problem and, and, and He's our Redeemer. And can you remember the, the moment that, that goes back when God forgave you? When you actually gave your life to Christ? You see, what happens is we get further and further away from that and that's what communion's supposed to do. That's why we do communion once a month. It's to remind us of who we were and how God saved us. Because remember when you were saved, you used to tell everybody about Christ. You were on fire. You, you carried your Bible to church, actually. You were, you were like, hey, man, I got I to tell you about Jesus. But see, the further you get away from that, do you still have that same fire? Because... Guess what? Jesus is still in the people of saving sinners. That hadn't stopped. You know, we have to check our hearts and see if it's maybe something that we're not doing anymore. You know, unfortunately, what happens is some people start having that sin problem come back in their life. And they start practicing that sin. But do you realize that God can still forgive you of that as well? See, we don't make ourselves clean. We, we, we know that the Apostle Paul tells us the same thing in, in 1 Timothy 1.15. He says, this is a faithful saying. 
and worthy of all acceptance, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. Only the Lord can cleanse us by sending His Son Jesus. In Acts chapter 2, verse 38 and 39, it says, Then Peter said to them, Repent, and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remissions of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit for the promises to you and to your children and to all who are far off, as many uh, as the Lord our God will call. No one else can take away the sin. It's, it's, we have this weird thinking, and this happens today, is people think that my good will outweigh my bad. There's some kind of scale of justice they put in their head. I used to think that. Right? Our, our, now we have a lot of people in progressive Christianity that teaches all roads lead to heaven. I, I saw a video with Steve Harvey. I've seen Nick Cannon speak about this stuff. I've seen other actors, same thing, that all, you know, Allah and God are the same. No, they're not. They're not. They don't believe in Jesus Christ. Jesus is the only way. Then you have some that think, well, I'll spend some time in hell, but. At some point, Soros will send somebody and they'll release me, right? And God will take me into heaven. That's not how that works. You know, it's, it's to understand that, that there's only one way. It tells us, Peter tells us in Acts chapter 4, verse 10 through 12, it says, Let it be known to you all and to all people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man stands before uh, you whole. This is the stone which was rejected by your builders, which was, has become the chief cornerstone. Nor is there a salvation in any other. For there is no other name under heaven given among man by which you must be saved. Jesus is the only way. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes through the Father except through me. There's no other way. This is why Christ's birth is so important. This is why you have to have a response to it. No one else can make you clean. In Isaiah chapter 1, verse 18, it says, Come now and let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall be as wool. We can be adopted sons and daughters of Christ. In Galatians chapter 4, verses 4 through 7, But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth His Son, born of a woman, woman, born under the law, to redeem those who are under the law, that we might receive the adoptions as sons. As, and because you are our sons, God sent forth the Spirit of His Son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. Therefore you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. You're saved through the, precious, the, the precious blood of Christ. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7, it says, in, in Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace. I, I think back to the time that I gave my life to the Christ. I, I, I was messed up and broken, and I am so glad God sent His Son Jesus. He, gave, he gives each of us the opportunity to have our sins, our debt paid, our sin forgiven. Because Jesus paid it all. And yet even we, we, we can share that story with somebody, yet they will still 
you still wonder, well, how come they're not, they won't turn to Christ? Right? You agonize over it. There's pain in it. Because you're like, man, their life is just going further and further down. It's simply in John 3.19, and, and, and this is the condemnation that the light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. Unfortunately, people love darkness. That's why there's a drug den right across the street. I'm not scaring people. It's a small town. It's not, it's not like San Antonio. You say that in San Antonio, you, you, gotta, you need to watch yourself. This town, you can leave your doors open, and it's not that bad. Um, but the thing is, is like that's why people choose sin. They don't understand the cost of their sin. It affects everybody. When you sin, it affects everybody, right? You think it doesn't, but it's like dropping a rock into a pond. That, it ripples and ripples and ripples. That's the, the amount of people your sin affects. But if you're tired of being in sin and you're, you're weary and worn down, you're never going to have peace in that sin. It tells us in Isaiah 48, 22, there is no peace, says the Lord for the wicked. There's no peace. I had no peace. In Galatians chapter 6, verses 7 and 8, it says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked for whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will, will of his flesh reap corruption. But he who sows into the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. Our sin is, is, is no different than you chasing, like watching a dog chase his tail. The, the sin being the tail and you just chasing it around over and over and over. You got to stop doing that. You're, you're chasing the, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life. In Joel chapter 2, verse 13 and, and 12 and 13, I read this verse to you on Wednesday. It says, Now therefore, says the Lord, turn to me with all your heart, with fasting and weeping and with mourning. So rend your heart, which means to cut out, and not your garments, which means they would tear their garments and put on sackcloth, right? He's saying, stop doing that because you're, not, you're just going right back to your sin. It, you need to change. It's a heart issue that needs to change. There's something in the heart that needs to change. And, and he says that, and not, to, uh, and not your garments, return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and great and of great kindness, and he relents from doing harm. And so God forgives us. God loves us even when we're sinners. But he doesn't want you to stay in the sin. It says in Romans chapter 5, verse 8, but God demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And he cast that sin as far as from the east to the west in Psalm 103, verse 12, as far as as the east is from the west, so as far as he removed our transgressions from us. While we were sinners, God loved us. But we have focused in the church. We've gotten too focused on allowing, instead of sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ, that he came to save sinners. We've gotten so focused on, I need to talk about social justice. I need to talk about political things. I need to talk about the pandemic. I don't need to talk about none of that stuff. I need to talk to you about Jesus Christ. All that other stuff is just noise from the devil. It is. It's noise. Turn it off. And share the gospel with people. 
That's what they need this Christmas. Psalm 40, uh, 40 verse 2 says, He also brought me up out of the horrible pit, out of the miry cray, and set my feet upon the, a rock and established my steps. God, no matter where you're at in your life, even if you're a follower of Christ, if you've fallen back in the mud, God will reach down and pull you out of that pit and set you back on the rock. you got to stop. you just got to confess and repent. And that's why this, this, this is so important. Even Mary, we forget that Mary needed a Savior. Right? She's in the upper room when she receives the Holy Spirit. Even Mary needed a Savior. And I love this in verse 22. And it says, And all of this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. So we need to remember that God's word will be fulfilled. In Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, it says, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and, and shall call his name Emmanuel. That word was fulfilled. We know that the first gospel has been fulfilled. In Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, And I will put him to deep between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed, he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. That is the first announcement of the Redeemer, Jesus Christ, coming. And yet that's been fulfilled. In Isaiah 55, verse 11, it says, uh, So shall my word be uh, that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent. The Bible can be trusted. It's without error. In Isaiah 40, verse 8, it says, The grass withers, the flowers fade, but the word of God stands forever. That's the thing that people need. That's why it's important for you to have God's word on your heart to give to somebody else. Because they don't need... Look, my opinion is not going to help you. God's word is. God's word is. And it says, And behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. Uh, God with us and that word for virgin actually means that she never had relations or sexual intercourse with a man at all that's what the word in the Greek means and it's very very specific and you go well that's not possible remember we read that verse to you last week in Luke chapter 1 verse 37 for with God nothing will be impossible right Nothing will be impossible. Jeremiah 32, verse 17 says, Oh, Lord God, behold, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. There is nothing too hard for you. There's nothing too hard for you. We need to remember that. We, we think sometimes that the things that we're going through, that no, there's no way that God could get me through this. God can. God can. God will give you the strength and the perseverance and the grace and the mercy and the love that you need to get through the, the, the travel that you're going through in the valley. Remember, He's there with you. You know, that's, you, you got to stick with Him, you know, and follow Him. And, uh, you know, as we look at Emmanuel, meaning God with us, this is the whole purpose of Christmas. It's, it's the incarnate deity of Jesus Christ. And, you know, Jesus entered the world to forgive us of our sins. And that's the, the greatest victory because we have an eternal home. And, and can be free of sin. And that's the point of Christmas. And then we look at the last point here. A just man obeys the Lord in verse 24 and 25. And when Joseph woke from sleep, 
He did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she gave, had given birth to a son. And he called his name Jesus. Joseph wakes up. And I love this. He's comforted by the angel and, and by what he hears. And he rises and he does exactly what he's commanded because why? He's a just man. That's what just men do. They just do what God gives them to do. They don't question it. They just do it. He takes Mary as his wife. And you can imagine now, the, again, the social networks as the ground pops off and all that stuff is now, man, you can hear Mary, man. Mary and Joseph, she's pregnant before they even got married. You know, who, was she fooling around with somebody? Or were they fooling around before it was time? All the stuff that they're going to have to deal with the rest of their life. And yet they were being obedient to what God had called them to do. So sometimes when you take a step of faith, you're going to have the, I call it haters. You're going to have the haters that are going to come out. and You just keep doing what God's called you to do, what you've been called to do. And, and, and don't allow that to, uh, to keep you from, from doing, uh, being obedient to the Lord. Do you realize that Joseph, we need more Josephs in this world? And as we wrap up here, I'll, I'll finish this up here. It's, it, we need more Josephs in this world. I'm going to read you some statistics. This is very scary. You want to know why the, the world's in the chaos that we're in right now? This is why. Because there, there are too many fatherless homes in this country. And it doesn't matter skin color. It's happening all across every nationality. And it's, it's destroying America. It is. 63% of youth suicides come from fatherless homes. 63%. Fatherless homes. 90% of all homeless and runaway children are from fatherless homes. 85% of children who have behavior disorders come from fatherless homes. 80% of rapists with anger problems come from fatherless homes. 71% of all high school dropouts, fatherless homes. 85% of all youth prisons come from fatherless homes. Most of the kids that are in jail right now. The reality is, is that we've, we've, we need more of Joseph's in our lives. We need just men. And there's a reason why God created marriage. There's a purpose for it. And America has gotten completely off of that. And it is affecting every area of America. Every area. And, and, you know, if you go, man, I'm a single woman and I'm raising kids. Man, Timothy and Timothy's grandmother and, and mom, they raised him to be a godly man. But you know what was really cool is the Apostle Paul comes along and does what? Takes him under his wing. That's what the church is supposed to do. You realize, like my son, I couldn't be everywhere at every time, but my son had different people in the church, guys like Rick Gamboa, that taught him, Matthew, that spent time with him, his children's ministry teacher, that he's still doing ministry with today, that sowed into him. And I've sown into kids and the youth 
and see them as adults now. Like, that's what the church's purpose is. We need just men in the church. We need just men in the community. People who are going to be righteous and do the right thing and be that godly example in these kids' lives. Because we have too much, we see so much chaos that's happening in this world and a lot of it comes from fatherless homes. Mary knew the name first and we're going to look at that this weekend or this, this Wednesday. In Luke chapter 1, verse 31, And behold, you will conceive your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. And I thought to myself, at what point did Mary and Joseph have that conversation about the name? And who was the first one that said, I want, the angel said the name of Jesus and the confirmation the other person received to go, that's what the, the angel told me. God's word confirmed and the peace in that. So who do you say that I am? And what is your response to the birth of Christ? Let me give you some things you can build on. Who do you say that I am? Who is he? Matthew chapter 1 verse 23. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Why did he come? Matthew chapter 1 verse 21. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. What did he do? Isaiah chapter 53 verses 5 and 6. But he was wounded by, uh, for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we were healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned away uh, everyone to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity on all, on all of us. Why did he do it? John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Where is he now? Luke chapter 24, verse 51. Now it came to pass while he, was blessed, while he blessed them that he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. Where, why is he there? John 14, 2. In my father's house are many mansions. If, you were not, if it were not so, I, I would have told you. I go to prepare, prepare a place for you. Will he come again? John 14, 3. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you, uh, receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may also be. Uh, very simply, you have to make the choice of who Christ is. And um, to understand that if you don't make the choice, the choice will be made for you. That's covered in Philippians chapter 2, verses 9 and 11. It says, Therefore God has also highly exalted him and given him the name that which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of those in heaven and, and of those on earth and those under the earth, hell, that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. You choose not to follow Christ here on this earth, the choice is made for you. It's that simple. There is eternal consequences to this question. There's eternal consequences to what you believe in the birth of Christ. It's very important to understand these things. This is why we spend, this is why churches do Advent teachings. 
It's, it's to, and it also should, should encourage us, man, that Jesus came to save sinners, and there are a lot of sinners out here, and I'm one of them. And He saved me, and I still need saving every day. Right? My dependence on Christ should be every day. So, you know, at the end of the day, that's, that's the purpose of, of as we, we study this. Remember, Joseph was a just man. Marriage serves a purpose. There's a purpose. God created it for a reason. You know, this is why the marriage that we have as, as a husband and wife it reflects to our kids what a marriage should look like. What kind of marriage are you reflecting to your kids? Because I can tell you the 22 years of the marriage, my kids probably didn't, that's probably why they don't want to get married. They're like, man, you seen that mess that we were in? I went into my, my marriage thinking, I'll never be like my dad. I got married at 17. Within seven months, I was just like my dad. Doing the same dumb things. Sinning. But he came to save sinners. As horrible as I was, he came to save sinners. As horrible as you were, he came to save you. Remember that. He loves you. And no matter where you're at today, if you're back in the mud again, he will pull you out of that pit and set you back on the rock. Just confess your sins and repent. It's that simple. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much for today. We do pray and thank you for this word. We pray as we read this beautiful story of your son, Jesus, being born and the purpose of his, his birth uh, to save sinners. I, I just pray and, and lift up those that are watching online and uh, those that are here and, and even uh, those that may catch us later on, Lord. We pray that you would be with them. Uh, bless them this Christmas season. Uh, I, I pray if anyone is struggling through any kind of depression or suicide or or or, or anxiety, uh, Lord, that you would um, bring peace and calm into their lives, Lord. And I pray that they would get plugged in or or, or get to a church uh, over Wednesday or even Christmas Eve service. Um, uh, we just ask, Lord, that you just continue to. Uh, be with those that uh, that are following. Encourage them to uh, to remember the day that they gave their life to the Lord, and that they would be that that same excitement that they had that those weeks leading up, as they would share the gospel to people and read their Bibles with with joy. And and I just pray that we would have that as well again, uh, that we would look for that every day. And uh, and I pray for those that may not know you, Lord, that they would come to know you. And Lord, I know that each of us here have somebody in our life that we know that needs Jesus. And, and we've been praying for maybe over time. Uh, we just ask, Lord, that you just continue to send angels, even if you have to do that, to minister to them, uh, that they would come to know faith. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much. That was Pastor Michael Petit from Calvary Divine, Texas. Remember, if you need to get more information on the church, you can do that at calvarydivine.org. God bless.